Hello. Hi, everybody. Uh, I guess I'll give a trigger warning once people join. Hi to everybody saying hi. <laughs> Okay, we have 22 people so this will be a good time to give a a little trigger warning uh, we will be talking about abuse uh, emotional abuse we'll be talking about gaslighting uh, borderline personality disorder um, and narcissistic personality disorder uh, things abusive um, people do um, emotionally financial abuse um, how it manifests so for anybody who might get triggered uh, with this content please um, yeah take care of yourselves and you don't have to listen to this uh, this will also be saved hopefully if nothing goes wrong technically um, yeah so once it's saved you can also watch it later uh, until that I'm going to be waiting for Priyanka Priyanka is a clinical psychologist uh, who works at the ThoughtCo and yeah um yay she, uh, yeah she's joined so i'm just gonna wait for her thank you for all the comments on this shirt i love it too it's got pineapples on it and it's from fashion street which is awesome <laughs> hi bhairavi <laughs> okay there Priyanka is. Hi Priyanka. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, I did not know short too. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're in the, I was just going to call it a studio, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. It? I do call it a studio. I do call it a studio too. I it's do. a mental health studio. I think that's great. <laughs> I'm quite excited with this space too. Uh, I came back over here today uh, mm -hmm. to start working from here. Although I'm just doing online sessions, I thought maybe just like being in the space and working from yeah. the space would feel nice or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, up till now, I've already given people a short trigger warning about this. The kind of stuff that we will be talking about might be uncomfortable for a lot of people. So yeah, feel free to leave. Uh, people, not Priyanka, please Priyanka. Please. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, and other than that, if you all have questions, please try and save it for a little later. But if it is really urgent, that's fine. I'll I'll try like I'll try to ask Priyanka those questions. But we might be in a flow, and we are trying to talk about a ton of things in a short period of time. So please put your questions for later. Thank you, Priyanka. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm doing quite well today since I'm here. And I feel like there's a divide between home and work right now. Uh, that so is good. Yeah, that's necessary because I, I don't have the divide anymore. It's like I can't work because I just mm -hmm. keep feeling like I'm just, go I will work for five minutes and then I'm like, but I feel sleepy and I'll just go and sleep on the sofa. That's not a good thing. <laughs> I shouldn't not. be doing <laughs> It's a struggle. I think the work from home has really gotten uh, to me over the past three, four months. 
of doing yeah. it. So um, I'm mean, fortunate I could I could access this space when、so、I'm at this space. Yeah. But, yeah. How have you been? I'm okay. I'm still recovering from a sty, <laughs> so、um, uh, I can finally see much more clearly. So I suddenly now feel like I know what the value of an eye is,、mm. and how I cannot without my health and all of that. So <laughs> I'm yeah, still in、yeah. that、uh, space, but, but I'm very excited enjoy- for our conversation. Me too. Did you enjoy your one week of detox from any screen device? It wasn't exactly a detox because my doctor said you can still use the phone, and they shouldn't have told me that. I shouldn't have used the phone. I should have. <laughs> But I kept using the phone. But well, I think I have to separately have a detox.、Uh, I think all of us need that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is a live that I'm doing after a while, and I'm,、uh, which is why I'm extremely excited. I shouldn't be so excited to talk about emotional abuse, but the reason I'm excited is because we still don't have as many conversations that we have on mental health. We still don't have enough conversations on abuse that is not physical, and、mm-hmm. this is something we keep talking about, and that's why we need to have this conversation. Uh, also, one more thing. You are at the at the end of the screen, so the comments keep covering your face a little bit. Okay, so they're coming closer. Yes. Does that work? Yeah.、Okay. Yes. Yes. This is better. <laughs> okay. Cool. Uh, we can start by defining what emotional abuse is because I think a lot of us still don't understand what exactly that means. So my first question is: What is emotional abuse, and what constitutes as emotional abuse? Is it Because I'm sure people just think that maybe if there are bad words involved, <laughs> that is emotional abuse. So, yeah. So,、um, so it's so emotional abuse. I think one of the trickiest things to identify in a relationship because very often when we are in a relationship, we make excuses for our partner's behavior, saying, "Oh, you know, maybe they were drunk or they had a bad day, or it's their upbringing."、Um, so I understand where they're coming from, and we tend to make excuses for. Them hurting us or saying mean things to us,、uh, making us feel small about ourselves, constantly making us feel shameful or making us feel guilty about our actions.、Uh, they tend to these kind of partners who are mostly abusive tend to criticize us often.、Um, it could be something as simple as,、um, you know, I don't like the top you're wearing, but constant badgering about how you are looking or what you're doing or your work is never good enough.、Um, And you know, I want to talk about this criticizing because very often partners will turn around and say, "Oh, you know, but like, why do I need to compliment you? You're so beautiful any which way." You know, I I don't need to say those nice things about you. You are beautiful any which way. I don't need to compliment you, but you know, I need to tell you if things are not proper. But that that is very that just that statement saying that I don't need to acknowledge what's good in you, and only acknowledge what's not working for you is a very glaring and.、Um, Obvious example of what emotional abuse is, and it's very common in 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 fabric.、Um, yeah. Also, it's manipulative behavior. So they will guilt you into doing something for them. They will guilt you into feeling bad and not being good enough for it. Oh, you know,、uh, you didn't buy my favorite popcorn when you were at the vending machine. That means you don't love me.、Uh, putting you in these situations of where you feel less about yourself, not good enough, or is examples of emotional abuse. I I also want to add to something about this is that very often people find it difficult to identify because with physical abuse you see、uh, a bruised eye, you see a bruised hand,、um, yeah. and and that's when you know, hey, my partner has been physically abusive with me. But in emotional abuse, 
a lot because of internalized patriarchy we don't see it we we accept it saying these are the roles we have to follow we have to be the dutiful partner to our uh, in terms of understanding being there being supportive at all times making excuses yeah. for their behavior yeah um yeah that that's how yeah. i would put yeah. emotional abuse mm-hmm. i mean uh, if we were to talk about some statements that are quite common i mm-hmm. remember like there are some abusive people i've heard of and i've had in my life who say things like um, i am your biggest critic and there is at no point would they ever talk about what nice things you're doing in your life it's always them turning up when yeah when things mm. are going wrong or they want to um, criticize everything that you are doing but uh, do you have a few examples other than oh. that of a few statements that you might hear which are common it might help people understand so uh, i think um, them constantly pointing out what's not right with you or what's not right in a situation yeah. uh, is is an umbrella term for it now uh, yeah. like you said uh, but i'm your but i'm your biggest critic because i want the best for you or why do i need yeah. to compliment you mean i'm your partner i always see the good in you um oh you don't love me enough that's why you didn't do this yeah um, or just basically saying or putting you in situations where you have to prove your love for them yeah is yeah. an example and passive aggression yeah. like microaggressions yeah. passive aggression i think that's something we take for granted and we think that that's not a red flag but it is mm-hmm. a huge red flag so that that brings uh, me to my next question of how do you know that somebody is being emotionally abusive towards you um what might they be doing that might not be outwardly extremely manipulative like what are the first signs because um manipulation might not really we don't see all these things we see in hindsight we never see it while we are in the space whether it's in friendships or relationships or any sort of ship that includes yeah. some amount of um, emotional kind of labor being exchanged yeah um mm-hmm. i think the first thing would be with you checking in with yourself and i'm a big go to for this is that am i doing things i want to do for myself or am i doing things for my partner if mm-hmm. most of the things you're doing for your partner um and not for yourself there's an in- and there's an indicator that you're losing yourself in the relationship and what is compelling you to lose yourself in a relationship would probably be some amount of emotional abuse or some kind of dependency that has been created in a relationship now when i talk about dependency is a healthy relationship is where both partners have a sense of individuality that they are they are, they are actively engaged with and still come together but in an unhealthy relationship very often ends up being an emotionally abusive relationship is one partner is dependent on the other partner so their sense of self is defined by that relationship their identity is being defined by that relationship and if you notice this happening to you it's highly likely you're in an emotionally abusive relationship do i'm a big believer in that the body never lies So if you're constantly feeling uncomfortable in situations, or you're constantly rechecking how you're looking because you're going to go to meet your partner, or you're constantly trying to make sure you're you've had the perfect meal prepared for your partner, or you you managed to earn X amount of money to show your partner because you're trying to prove things to your partner yeah. that I'm good enough. Um, yeah. indicator of or you enter home with a sense of doom like something yeah. i've done something wrong i don't know what i've done wrong and something might just burst at any point and walking on eggshells around your partner or your parent or your sibling whoever this yeah. this not is also knowing, good way yeah not knowing what how they're going to like react everybody has some amount of predictability with their behavior right but mm-hmm. in a mostly abusive relationship 
the predictability is either one they are going to lose it or yeah. two it's it's unpredictable so yeah. it's either one of these two emotions you're you're feeling most of the time that that's a, that's a reflection of it and third yeah. is that the, your confidence and your sense of self with which you enter the relationship is not the same while you're in the relationship you are not the same confident person yeah. that you once were and you will notice it reflect a lot in your work your ability yeah. to function with your team members or with your other friends or in other relationships you're constantly, you're constantly doubting. questioning <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. these are three okay. go to signs to identify you are in the emotional abusive relationship yeah right okay mm-hmm. um there are some words that keep getting thrown when we talk about emotional uh, abuse what is mm-hmm. love bombing oh love bombing i think is a very common in an us personality which we we'll, we'll, i guess we'll come to a little later but okay, so should, uh, should we do that then we can just look at uh, we, how does emotional can... abuse um uh ஒன்ஸ் question very often but self love is that i'm actively engaging for good emotional mental health and spiritual care you know i i'm not looking for the adoration praise from others all the time but a narcissist is constantly seeking for it mm-hmm. a person with self love will have a healthy healthy self sense of self esteem but a narcissist usually is so engaged with that kind of praise seeking behavior uh, to cover up for a sense of low self esteem now how a narcissist plays out in a relationship or when they love bombing somebody is that they begin the relationship by creating a sense of de- dependency from their partner on themselves so they will suddenly go in by give them a lot of love you know constantly saying oh my god you're like you know you're you're beautiful you're amazing you're superb within like days of the relationship it's all about that person and then they suddenly disappear like overnight the kind of adoration you once got from that person has stopped the 20 messages now is barely one message a day uh then trying to prioritize what food you want is now only about me and my food uh even yeah. simple things about like saying i will stay up to talk to you at 10:30 in the night uh they've gone to sleep or they're talking to somebody else and then bother answering your call um those are all signs of in narcissist personality big love bombing and narcissist personality because of tremendous amount of love just being in your face of it and suddenly disappearing completely is an yeah. example of that now what this has done it's it's almost like um, a drug withdrawal right you you you've got that hit of that love yeah. constantly coming and coming at you and then you don't get it anymore so you're going to feel that you're lonely you're going to feel very low you're going to you're going to look to cling on to things and particularly that partner you keep going back to that person keeps going back to that thing to give you that hit but you're not you're not getting it because the person now has in a way gained the adoration they want again the attention they want and now they are good you know and what happens is that it plays out in a cycle in a certain relationships is also a lot like the play hard to get So you've mm-hmm. got that attention, and then suddenly you've withdrawn, and then the person has come back to you, and you say, "Okay, fine, like I'm, I'm reaffirmed with myself." And then again, um, I go back to the person. The person withdraws. This is an unhealthy yeah, cycle. It's a hot and cold thing. And then during the cold times, they're so passive aggressive, and then yeah, you're just yeah. like, "What did I do wrong?" Conti- continuously. That's how the emotional yeah. abuse thing comes. If it enters a cycle, see every relationship has a little like you know a little period where we all flirt with each other and we are constantly playing the like game and we are we are figuring it out and that's fine. 
but if this is going on into the cycle and it's it's months into the relationship and it's still panning out that's an indicator that this is not healthy this is yeah. you've been love bombed and you're being love bombed and you know the, the thing about love bombing is that it doesn't it's not specific to any particular type of relationship or typical age group or any it it can happen anywhere it can happen with friends it can happen with intimate relationships it can even happen with your boss you know yeah. um and and it just gets yeah. so toxic then especially yeah. in a working relationship a little off topic but especially in a working relationship because you want that acclaim you want to feel good about the work you're doing you're working for that and, you yeah know. and we tend to forget the power dynamic especially in workplace mm-hmm. hierarchies you cannot lose your job so you are not going to just leave same thing with family you can't just leave mm-hmm. so yeah that's not always good advice family um, should be um yeah, i'm going to talk about this a bit very often the attachment style of a mother who's an anxious mother or a disorganized attachment style of a mother will do this hot cold with a child yeah. and the child learns that behavior of functioning so even the relationships they enter they they are constantly operating from a place of anxiousness because they don't know what to expect from their partner what yeah. to expect from the things because they've they've seen that play out for their parents yeah so a narcissist parent is more likely to like unconsciously do this with their child and it plays out with their relationship as well their attachment style will be very disorganized they uh, they, they want have any predictability or stability with it yeah and is it true that um i've heard many times that um usually people with uh, borderline personality disorders have narcissistic parents um there's research that says that it's it's highly uh, there's enough research that says it. that that a borderline personality child will also have a parent with a personality disorder and interestingly a borderline personality person is more likely to be um, in a relationship with somebody who's a narcissist uh research says that so you know which ends up being toxic for everybody is the hell out of me it then yeah. it ends up being toxic for me because everybody in that whole equation is then constantly feeling um yeah. inadequate you know yeah, my first relationship was with the narcissist so i i understand because i was trying to look for the same thing that i had mm-hmm. as a child but we'll not go to that because i will end up crying so yeah. <laughs> um yes and we can uh, we can then tie this on to uh, we were talking about how emotional abuse can also uh, manifest itself in borderline personality disorder and how people with bpd can be emotionally abusive as well so we can get on to that so about so we don't have a borderline personality disorder something very mm-hmm. common about uh, in that is that a lot of um uh, i'm going to say tendencies to put yourself at risk or at harm and therefore invoking fear in the other person yeah um and as if your partner is is putting you in situations where you are operating to protect their life constantly or feeling at edge that i do not know what my partner may do or if my partner may harm me or themselves and then being in the relationship out of fear that they may harm themselves um that's emotional abuse yeah. that's that, that's definitely emotional abuse because it's not an equal relationship at all yeah yeah it's not i mean in a very um twisted way the power dynamics is set in a in such a way that the person who is borderline personality um is taking the role of being submissive but but also dictating their power on the other person saying you can't leave yeah. me because if you leave me i will hurt myself so they look like they don't have the upper hand but truly speaking they do have the upper hand because you're operating out of fear trying to protect them you're trying to protect their life you want them to to be safe you know yeah. and that's when they are emotionally abusing you 
if you're if you're not with the part your partner because you want to be with your partner as simple as that that yeah. means that relationship is not healthy we all have good days we all have bad days but if there's a theme that's constantly going on that i don't want to be with this person yeah have we spoken about gaslighting yet in no. detail okay i guess no. we should go to that next because gaslighting is a buzzword also mm. uh, in 2020 because we see so many people doing that and yeah. or or being called people who gaslight so let's go into what gaslighting is so gaslighting uh, love bombing is type of gaslighting as well is where mm-hmm. in you enter these relationships with somebody and it's an emotionally abusive relationship um and you end up feeling a lot of shame and guilt for your behavior mm-hmm. with that person and the relationship is one where uh, i'm going to use the, the word the abuser the aggressor abuses and manipulates you into doing what they desire mm-hmm. uh gaslighting is common in narcissistic personality disorder common in borderline personality disorder and common things are words we currently use oh my god they ghosted me on like window they ghosted me here i mean that's all a result of like gaslighting where the person comes at you in full force and then disappears they ghost you uh they they make you feel loved and important and then they disappear or they begin the relationship by you constantly questioning your sense of worth um mm-hmm. yeah that's what it looks like okay i think all of us at some level have had relationships yeah. uh, which are reflective of this i i mean i i, yeah. I would love to i i don't think anyone is spared i don't think so yeah uh, it's not possible yeah mm-hmm. and i, I think it helps to try and identify what we are doing and what we are doing rightly or wrongly in relationships that's why these uh, conversations are so important so somebody asked in uh, comments how do you break the cycle you know the cycle that we were talking about mm. the hot and cold and the gaslighting and how do you break a cycle uh, like this within any relationship i think calling it out um okay. i think calling out is the first thing you should do that this is what's going on and i want to stop it and very often relationships um what happens is the person says oh like i i don't know what you're talking about i think it's just fiction of your imagination mm-hmm. and if you get Especially a response, narcissists they're not going to listen to you they won't they will not, they will completely uh discredit everything you have to say they will make yeah. you believe that what you are experiencing is a fiction of your imagination rather than yeah. actually being the reality of the situation or even honoring your experience yeah <laughs> So what what is very important also in relationships uh, is that you may feel that you may feel anger and i may feel sadness in that same conversation or same situation but it doesn't mean your feeling is right and my feeling is wrong it means both our feelings mm-hmm. are valid and we both need to respect that for each other a narcissist or, or any unhealthy relationship one partner will not acknowledge that feeling uh, yeah. and that's an indicator that hey if i called you out i told you you need to honor my feelings you cannot discredit my feelings and if they still keep doing that big red flag and the saddest part of this is that you may go for therapy but until unless your abuser is not willing to acknowledge the abuse little can be done and i'm talking about to say okay fine i'm abusing but acknowledge in terms that they do something about it you know yeah um and if they don't uh, you need to leave the relationship yeah um so i read the book uh, gaslighting um i mean last year and throughout the book every time i looked at a solution of okay, what do you do in this relationship the answer was leave the relationship yeah <laughs> it's toxic and i and i kept saying but there must yeah. be something you should do and i and the truth is that even after i've called out the behavior and i've tried to seek uh, therapy couples therapy or even personal therapy and some mm-hmm. self healing and it hasn't it hasn't resulted in any positive change or not 
or not more than a degree of positive change, then you have to look at yourself first. You have to look at self-love first and then prioritize yourself and walk away. I also want to, um, I can love you, but I don't have to love your actions. Yeah. I can love you as a person, but I don't need you in my life breaking down my sense of self on a daily basis. Uh, that's yeah. not something I want. Yeah. You know? This, I'm going to bring something up from therapy that you told me because I kept asking you, how do I heal? And you were like, see, as long as you're in a space where you are continuously getting triggered on an everyday basis, how are you going to heal? It does not mm. matter how much ever therapy I take, but the person I'm with and who is uh, emotionally being abusive to me uh, refuses to do anything about it, no matter how much I call it out. Uh, mm. There's not much I can do myself. So I'm feeling better because I left the the space the physical space itself and uh somebody else has asked a very important question like what do you do when it's a blood relationship there are people who've asked about siblings as well who mm. might be emotionally abusive and that's a lot more complicated because you can't exactly leave your sibling like we were talking about it you know it's actually it's it's very common that where one sibling uh is emotionally abusive and that really affects the other and even though it's been called out, and it's years of trauma that goes into this. There's years and years of trauma that goes into it. But the thing that you need to identify is clear boundaries. Yeah. Very, very clear boundaries in terms of this is the amount I'm willing to engage with my sibling about. And mm -hmm. then I will uh, and just stick, stick to that, not add anything more to it, not mind something more for it. And, and clear a sense of predictability with your sibling that... These are the conversations I'm comfortable with. This is the kind of emotional engagement I'm going to have with you and then walk away from it. But you also have to realize that when I'm having this conversation with my sibling and it's filled with a lot of love, I can't leave with the expectation that it was going to be as lovely as it was this time. I have to look at each situation in an isolated way. It's a coping mechanism. By not carrying forward the pleasure of that conversation or the trauma of a conversation to the next one. Yeah. I think it's all about the switch in your mind as well. Like there mm. are some conversations you should refuse to uh, be a part of because it doesn't help you in any way. And yeah. yeah, at least with the person who was a narcissist in my life, I just had to, the moment they would start doing one pattern that I figured was not going anywhere, it, it, it would just lead to a very bad argument where I would again be the loser. I just stopped having that conversation itself. And I guess they just get bored and they don't you know, trouble you anymore. I want to layer this one about siblings in terms that sometimes a sibling who is an emotional abuser may also emotionally abuse the parents and also may guilt the parents into siding with them in a conversation. So even though the parents may know better or understand better, they, they, their actions don't support it. So for an individual in that situation, I understand it's highly triggering. It's very uncomfortable. You do not know what to do. And that's when I think, especially now if you're in the pandemic and you have everybody... Yeah. Uh, is in one place yeah, constantly. It's difficult. I mean, I hear you yeah. out and I feel it's difficult. I understand that. You need to have very clear boundaries in terms of your physical space. That this is mine. You cannot come. I will only engage with you perhaps at meal time, but also limit your conversation. It's a very isolating experience. I'm fully aware of it. But I rather create those boundaries, engage with my friends through virtual communication than engage in something which could snowball into a lot of emotional abuse and hostility on a regular basis at home. Yeah. yeah. Um, so um, there's another person who's asked, there are two, three people who are asking about, can parents emotionally abuse their children too? Yes, I'm just going to say yes. Uh, is it disrespectful to point it out as a doc, uh, as their daughter? And what about an, uh, a mentally abusive elder at home? So I know the sibling thing sort of uh, 
pans out into this but are there any points that are specific over here because again with a sibling at least they are sort of similar length similar mm-hmm. ages but when it comes to elders you are forced to respect them especially within indian culture or south asian culture yeah um, yeah yeah i mean so it's hard to imagine a um, an indian parent calling them out on their behavior and them agreeing to it i think you'll be a very aware parent who does that and if that if i have a parent like that it is a work down like the nice nice five gold stars because they are aware of that kind of behavior um yeah. also if your parents open to it take them to therapy so that they can yeah. understand it take them to your therapist let them speak to it let them hear it about it educate them on it yeah. but um they i'm trying to imagine a 11 year old child calling out their parent on it and yeah. while i may while i i commend them for it and i encourage the child to identify that kind of behavior with their parent i do not know how responsive parents would be with it but yeah. at the same time it doesn't mean you don't have that conversation with your parent that i'm not comfortable with the behavior you're doing i'm not feeling comfortable with what you're saying yeah. um and maybe when the same level your child grows up to 25 they have the same conversation reactions will be different yes um they'll be able to point out behavior also yeah. what a child could do just to empower them a bit is that pull up definitions of these words and look at examples where each of these these terms these points are supported in the in, in the parents behavior for example yeah. the unpredictability of behavior and loves you know suddenly one day you come home and you give me like chocolates and next day like you stamp on my chocolates you know that unpredictability yeah. associated behavior bring out examples with it and at a point where the parent is calm then they are more likely to reflect on their behavior yeah uh, i'm also going to add one thing that um parents in their 30s their current 30s or their 20s right now early 40s i think they are more aware so they're yeah. more likely to own up to hey i don't know everything but i'm trying with their like seven year olds and eight year olds um, i see that pan out a lot of my clients come in and that just makes it hopeful you know yeah. that they they nurturing relationships and nurturing yeah. emotions compared to what used to happen with the previous generation very dismissive very you know hierarchical in terms of structures yeah yeah because you must respect us at all points yeah yeah um yeah. thing i would add is it's it's what i uh, talk to people about when uh, they ask you know they ask for advice about coming out it's the same thing over here you know your parents best do not talk to them i do not at any point want something like this where you're just trying to point out some behavior in your parents to turn into physical abuse so if you are not safe try to use other methods and try to keep yourself safe because that's mm-hmm. the most important thing you should be safe mm-hmm. um okay there are lots of questions so i'm just going to go through that is yeah, parents guilt tripping a form of emotional abuse yet yes it is and priyanka has spoken about gaslighting which is is similar right guilt tripping and gaslighting yes. it's type of gaslighting um any yeah. guilt tripping behavior and especially i want to be so so uh, i'm going to be so stereotypical of and say this our indian parents are are the best at guilting us into doing things and blackmailing us and emotional blackmail oh you don't make us so happy if you do this but i don't yeah. want to do it yeah unfortunately their parents school has taught them to guilt trip it's sad yeah. okay yeah. all of them do it it's and if your parents will listen to you you should tell them yeah, yeah. you should tell them that you're guilt tripping me and i do not want to do this mm. some things might be easier maybe for education it might be easier maybe for something else it might not be but yes please take care of yourself <laughs> uh oh this this very nicely segues into our next section where we are supposed to talk about how 
uh, how to identify whether we have started mirroring uh, abusive behavior and whether what to do if we start to figure out that we are being predatory. So somebody mm. has asked, how do you identify if you have started mirroring your abuser and turning into one? Or is it that it was always within you and the abuser is just bringing out your sublime narcissistic behavior? And my question was very simply, uh, wait, what was it? Hmm. Yeah. Is there a way to identify that you are an emotionally abusive person? So I'll let you answer that. <laughs> so I mean, I'm going to give you a personal reflection over here. So I was talking about the book Gaslight earlier on. And when I read that book, I, I read the book and I was like, oh my God, you know, I do this sometimes. Oh my God, this could be me. Oh my God, I could see myself doing it. And I was really scared. I was like, oh my, I mean, I was like, I, I don't want to be um, an abuser naturally. And at the end of the book, the person says that if you doubted your behavior at any point of time, it's highly likely you are not an emotional abuser because you're aware of what your behavior is, you know, and, and that for me was so comforting because I, I'm, I'm reflecting on my behavior. I'm aware of what I'm doing. And it's not like I won't bully my partner saying, hey, you know, if you love me, you'll give me that extra piece of chocolate today. You'll give me the last bite of that chocolate. I may do it sometimes. But it's not a pattern I constantly engage in. You yeah. know, that, and, and, that's, and that's the difference. See, we, it is human for us to, 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 to say, hey, you know, if you love me, do this. But to what extent am I doing this? Am I doing yeah. this on a Is it malicious? Yes, that's the word. Is it malicious? Is my intent something as simple as the last piece of chocolate? Oh, I'm doing this because I want your attention only for me. Oh, I want to limit yeah. your growth. Um, uh, am I stopping you? Am I doing this with a way to hurt you? Am I doing this with a way to control you? I think yeah. the key defining factor is the word control. If I'm yeah. doing it with the intent to control, that means I'm an emotional. That means I'm abusing yeah. the person. Yeah. Um, and and that's that's a clear differentiation that an emotional abuser always wants to control the other person yeah. through their emotions. And if I'm not looking at controlling the person, but I'm playing with the person, that that's not emotional abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Like, are their boundaries more important than your boundaries in the relationship? Yes. Is there a power imbalance? Like, honestly, mm -hmm. self-reflection is the best way to understand whether you're doing something or whether they're doing something and have a conversation about it. Yeah. Um, I'm glad people are using this question thing. Uh, do you see this question here? I do. Is it possible to move out of the cycle of avoiding anxious relationship patterns? If yes, how? Uh, yes, um, it is possible to move out of a relationship pattern like this. Um, in my head, I'm saying you have a conversation with this person, sit them down and say, this is the pattern I've, I've noticed. This is how I feel in the relationship. And I want, and I want to take a stop. I want to take a break on this relationship. Um, the tricky part about this is very often that when we say we want to take a break from these relationships, we, we, we experience withdrawals because we're yeah. used to the hot and cold part of it. And that's when you need to be very mindful of how you need time to heal yourself. Uh, you need to take a real step back from the relationship, introspect, work on yourself, and then find a friendship with that person or a friendship with boundaries. Very often people will break up friendships or romantic relationships and then say that oh we can still maintain contact or we can still be friends but it doesn't work that way because what you're doing is you're still hurting yourself in it yeah but you have to be very clear about the bound if you want to maintain some contact with the person because they do recognize it these are long they may be four year five or seven eight year relationships so you, that there's a very deep um, connection there so yeah. you have to sit there and maintain the boundaries of what i will and will not discuss with the person what i want to know and not want to know about the person yeah. Um, 
so you can have a conversation decide to like take a step back and in that conversation identify boundaries yeah. once you identify boundaries uh, it will be easier but having everyday conversations is not helpful or yeah. knowing who they are dating and what they're not dating is not helpful the one thing yeah. you have to remember is that you do not control them and they do not control you you are both are two distinct individuals now choosing to revive a relationship reform a relationship yeah Yeah. Yeah, I mean like constantly blurring your boundaries do not help the boundaries. You cannot yeah. be doing that. Yeah. It If will you feel better after a while. <laughs> it does. It really does. And I think what you need to do is actually write down the boundaries and keep them on your desk. You always look at it. Uh something I read which I I I tell everybody who is a breakup is go and travel. Do Minaj you know, now we can't. I am aware of it, but otherwise like travel and do a really busy packed touristy trip. because it tricks the mind into believing more time has passed since the, since the ending of that relationship therefore it's helping you heal better you know <laughs> so you know yeah. yeah that's why work helps a lot of people because they're constantly like they're doing so many things they're just yeah it seems like more time has passed this yeah. is me Only no, no, yeah. but you know, but I know. I think it's very true because we're disengaging from the other things, the other conversations about that person. You're only engaging in one thing at a given time, and therefore, convince almost playing a trick on your mind, saying, "Okay, I'm, I'm, have something else to think about, something else to do." You know. Yeah. But even though my thoughts may not be about the person, I fully acknowledge the feelings will still be there for that person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I have accepted the fact that I don't share a healthy relationship. with my parents but my sister keeps pushing to build a connection with them when i know it's not there how do i deal with that when my question is literally that's what your sister wants to do you yeah do yeah yeah uh, that's exactly what i have said that's what your sister wants is is that what you want or you don't want now yeah. assuming it's what you don't want then why will you even engage in this conversation like you can just you can very categorically tell your sister this is what you want stop projecting your needs and desires this is not what i want but now if you do want um if you do want this then i guess you need to figure out how do you want to for this relationship i mean i mean assuming you're you're, you're a teenager or older than that hence because you're on instagram right now is what does a healthy relationship look like to you and what does a healthy relationship with your parents look like knowing their personalities and their shortcomings see yeah. i can't go your into a relationship with my my, my mom or dad and say hey we're going to look like um like the brady bunch we're going to be happy and think that's not our personality my mom and i will have those agreements we will have fights because that is what i understand of how she functions that she she may not want to deal with certain types of conversation i can't for sure to it uh, similarly with my dad so if i'm i looking at a healthy relationship with my parents what will it look like you know and then try working towards that identifying boundaries knowing where what kind of conversations you want to have with them and then trying to easing yourself into it and identifying mm-hmm. what could be red flags for yourself so If I leave a conversation with my mom and I start to cry, or uh, um, and this happened two or three times, that means okay, fine, it's a red flag. I don't want to push any further. Or if I left the conversation with my mom and I come back home uh, and I'm picking a fight with my partner, my friends, which is not based in in anything which is worthy of a fight, that's an indicator as well that okay, unhealthy relationships are triggering me. I don't need to continue with this. Yeah. Okay. um how before we go into the other two parts i'm just going to uh, do this mm-hmm. how to reduce dependency slash toxicity in couples um, should we take I, this in the queer section in the end or should oh, we just do this now i mean we can just yeah. we could just answer it it's it's very it's, it's this one sentence you need to nurture your own sense of individuality 
you need to have mm-hmm. your own set of friends you need to have your own likes independent of your partner uh you need yeah. to uh embrace who you are and nurture that part of who you are that will definitely reduce the dependency and therefore as a result even the toxicity yeah that's very important um very very important other part of this conversation has to be uh financial or economic uh, abuse which people don't think is abuse um in many cases because we think uh we are in societies and systems especially in south asia where we think that our parents are doing us a favor by getting mm. us into this world and often emotionally abusive parents say things like i have brought you into this world i will kill you if i want to which is insane that's a very strange thing to say mm. <laughs> so uh, priyanka what does that mean to you know for for people to be financially abusive to you and yes please enlighten <laughs> so financial abuse is a topic that i feel is not discussed enough and i see it pan out a lot in relationships it can happen uh, with parents and kids and between partners as well and and i want to draw an example of um uh, of a couple that i have for this photo discuss a particular incident with uh, both partners were earning x amount of money both financially well off but the one partner the male partner this is was a heterosexual relationship was uh, controlling the finances okay? okay where the money was invested what was happening how the money was happening and you know typical patriarchal society no like patriarchy it was allowed it was done and then the male partner stopped working but still controlled all the money where it was invested and how much money the person got to spend and then question where was the money spent but this is like a leash yeah, it's, it's like a leash, a leash. it is a proper leash money is a it's a strong leash because let's be honest i can't afford to drink a glass of water if i don't have some money i can't afford yeah. to have a vada pav if i don't have enough money and and if you're not giving me money how will i and even if it's money i've earned if you're controlling it and then i have to be accountable for it to you that's a, that's a problem there's a difference between responsibility accountability and then abuse if yeah. i have to come back and report every paisa of money i've earned that is not cool yeah um, and it's so normalized in south asian culture like due to patriarchy and gender roles and power that men do cis men have access to and can control the money because they are better at it yes yes mm-hmm. it's very super actually it's been very interesting i think a couple of weekends ago uh, i was talking to a few friends of ours and this one uh, friend of ours this cis cis man he's an accountant he turns around and tells me you know what um all family businesses that have women handling the money are are doing a better job uh mm-hmm. which I, mean, i i i thought it was very interesting to have that observation because we we internalize patriarchy that man is the one who can understand money better or do better but the truth is it's not true women um or anybody who wants to understand the subject can handle it and manage their own money and yeah. i i don't believe you i need to be dependent on my partner to make my financial decisions i think i need to educate myself about yeah. my financial rights and do and invest my money the way i want to we can and anyone work. can educate themselves as you yeah, were saying you know there's this organization right now where we're doing a collab with it's called inner goddess and they're mm-hmm. based in oh, india oh yeah i know them yeah yeah they're doing a great job and what they do is that their primary goal is to educate uh, women on how to invest money and what does it look like and what does good financial health look like and yeah. it's important for everyone across the board yeah. because if i again like i keep saying if i don't have basic five rupees Uh, and i have to be a common five rupees to me that means that's abuse um yeah. all the money i had i i cannot ask you for it i cannot report to you about it uh, it is my money i have equal rights with 
even if i am somebody who's taking care of the home and it's it's widely discussed it's unpaid labor mhm and yet you will typically see that the one who's taking care of the home will deny themselves basic rights that they will eat leftover food they want eat the meal with the family they will eat stale food they will deny their likes and dislikes to please other people this is yeah. another way this financial abuse plays out um yeah. and it it's it's toxic because what happens is you become a shell of a person you don't even know what you like or do, or you don't like anymore you, yeah. you just take what's given to you you are just yeah. you are just taking the leftovers and, and this is so typical in our households where we have the the what do i say the the mother who is always sacrificing sacrificing her needs for everybody else and when she's in her 60s or 50s or 70s she's sitting there and doesn't even know what she wants or doesn't want because her entire life she's just been taking care of of the family forgetting yeah. her own needs and it breaks down your self esteem it takes away your self confidence and it's a result of financial abuse yeah Unfortunately money does have that sort of power and when people have money in their hands they feel powerful yeah. and that empowerment is extremely necessary and yeah super supremely important conversation to have mm-hmm. um i'm going to go into the last section now because we have 15 minutes and i really want to put this in one live and not two lives time flies with uh, you jo time just flies <laughs> talking to you <laughs> yeah so um uh, this is according to me a very important conversation because we do not have a conversation on abuse uh, in same sex uh, relationships mm. or queer relationships and that's very important because um because you're human beings and you will feel the same sort of things that other people feel so my question is why do queer folks stay in ex- like emotionally abusive relationships and how does it manifest differently in a queer relationship there is also a question from sakshi um mm. yeah <laughs> you can I like answer either of them right uh, um so one is that when they continue to be in toxic relationships because they feel that hey i managed to finally get one partner uh, i don't mm-hmm. know if i find somebody else Yeah. Um, one to one, the dating pool is so limited. On top of it, I found somebody who loves me, and I love that person. Whoever I get this chance again, um, and that's why they hold on to unhealthy relationships. Two, yeah. and I think that's the biggest reason, actually, yeah. why they hold on to it. Uh, two is what I realized is that if they've not come out to their family or to their parents, and and an example of emotional abuse is the fear of them being outed. So the partner says, "Hey, you know what? I will out you if you if you if you leave." or oh, i will yeah. go and tell the place where you work but they not they not come out to and they they live in fear of it yeah yeah third is they deny them their uh, or if you walk away from the relationship means that uh, i mean this is not your sexual identity you know this is not who you are yeah. you're just pretending to be it wow that's horrible <laughs> to is. be in it that is. space and it's almost like you're constantly in a relationship is trying to prove to yourself yeah or trying yeah. to find acceptance for yourself in this relationship and Yeah. And it just snowballs into something else. Um, yeah, it's 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 prevalent. It's rampant. It's also physical abuse. I think financial abuse as well is very much yeah, prevalent definitely. in same-sex yeah. relationships. Also, there's a power dynamic that plays out, right? Because we mm-hmm. sometimes what happens is in these relationships, some they may take gender roles, right? Yeah. Um, and that's when the power dynamic plays out, and that's when it feels that I can't leave. I I have to be here because what will yeah. society say? you know yeah. that still comes up or if there's i there's the pressure I, of being the perfect gay couple there's a pressure of looking a certain way on instagram yeah. that uh, we don't talk about much 
Yeah. In addition to that, I also feel that sometimes if the relationship does not work, I'm also losing on a big sense of the community, right? Yeah. I'm losing my friends. I'm losing my. I'm losing my yeah. chosen family. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's such a tiny knit community. If you feel like you're going to walk away from one person, all their friends who are also part of the same community. Let's say from fifty people, you lose twenty-five people, and that can feel horrible to a person who has just found their community. Yeah, it's devastating. Yeah. Yeah, and there's also another thing uh, that could happen because um, when we were doing some research on uh, at Casey to create a little resource on um, abuse, uh, there was a story of a person who had um, who had a partner who had more finances than them, and when this partner wanted to transition, the other partner was like, "I'm not going to give you the money for that. You cannot transition. It would question my identity." And so. Th- trans people go through another sort of uh, uh through other sorts of abuses because of their identity and gender uh, identity as well mm. um, yeah there's so much that happens and um, i guess that's why the financial abuse part also played into our conversation because emotional abuse also includes financial abuse to a large extent yeah. you know you can't separate the two two at times yeah like even uh, parents who are like for example if i were to tell um, this is an example It didn't actually happen. I'm just saying. Uh, if, for example, my parents didn't agree to me being gay, they would just be like, "I'll cut off your finances if you don't turn straight again," mm. or something like that. It's so easy to do things like that, and I have to then pretend to be in the closet forever because I need money to complete my education, and that I, I'm sure that happens to a lot. It of people. happens a lot, and that's yeah. why like a lot of them just just want to finish a degree and get a job because they want to leave home. yeah and they want financial independence yeah. so that they can be themselves that is a very common story for a lot of mm-hmm. people um should we come to this question do you feel toxicity in same sex relationships especially women with women relationships are not taken seriously it's not taken seriously i i'm just going to give a statement out there it's it's not taken seriously because again what society perceives relationships to look like you'll both will happily care each other you'll both love each other how can you both you know um, yeah. be 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 either one of you being mean to each other also i think the gender role of what a woman should be plays into this yeah. where we are perceived to always be understanding and empathetic individuals to the other person yeah. almost discarding the fact that one person could be abused or one person even that could be overly dependent on the other um, yeah yeah, yeah. it it yeah the it's same there. thing with gay men i'm sure like you know you have this already you have this idea of how gay men are supposed to behave and then you do not take abuse uh, how can a man be abused by another man kind of statement in your head mm-hmm. because aren't you strong enough to not be abused that's the same mm-hmm. thing that happens when for example women assault men yeah. it's the same thing uh, that comes up and you're like how can it's you be assaulted shame. by another it's person it's the shame the embarrassment of Yeah, it is. It's only that the shame, the embarrassment of of being the victim. I mean, there's there's victim shaming. There's all of that that plays into it. Um, yeah, the sense of identity, the sense of self, the gender roles. I think gender roles is really a concern when it comes to speaking out and speaking yeah. about this. Yeah, that's true. Um, last segment that I was talking to you about yesterday as well. Uh, we forget that. Um, within communities as well within activism communities within friendships in extremely small marginalized communities there can be manipulation gaslighting and often people cannot speak about it you cannot call out the person you cannot talk to the person so um 
how does a person deal with that how does a person deal with being in such a small community and having friends who might be manipulating them or being toxic uh the, the tricky part about this is that the manipulator often goes and badmouths their partner or badmouths the person they're manipulating kind of creating a, a support beam for themselves um and this is reality you know i mean i don't think we can ignore that part of it yeah. um so the thing is that we have we have circles of our friends right we have our core circle then a, a slightly broader and a bigger one and your core circle has to always be people you can trust is is your chosen family and i want to believe a chosen family has your back no matter what you know maybe that's that's what i want to believe and hold on to but if i go and tell my chosen family this is what's happening i have a year over there and i have un- undying trust from them um two is that there are support systems out there there are support groups out there uh which are, and in and in india we're slowly coming up with a lot more healing circles or support groups that support the queer community as well uh, so be a part of a group like that uh third is it takes time to heal but you must yeah. take that time to heal even if it me and and it does mean sometimes going to therapy you know speaking to someone you know finding that and what i want to say is that you know anybody who is willing to listen to you and trust you and believe what you have to say you know that that's a conversation you can have that's a place where you can find strength from it doesn't necessarily have to be somebody from the community it can be anyone who's willing to hear you out and trust what you have to experience and say with it that that's where i would put in but yeah helpline numbers the femme justice helpline uh, one teacher collective has it's 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 good it's very um it's very respectful you know okay. you can you can see the kind of help you need from there as well okay one future collective helpline yes it's called the femme justice helpline okay cool yeah okay ha huh. uh that brings us to the end of this live it was a beautiful live i i absolutely loved this live because it was so it was such a nice space to speak about these things and uh, it i didn't feel like it was violent at all to be in this space and i didn't get triggered so yeah i hope nobody else got triggered uh, here but if you did i hope you're taking care of yourselves today and doing mm-hmm. things you love um thank you so much for being part of this priyanka this will be saved for everybody who has only started watching now or wants to watch it later uh, remember all the nice things priyanka said always remember to put yourself first and that doesn't make you a narcissist it's called uh, self <laughs> there is no <laughs> it's two different things okay i'm just saying it's two different things so thank you so much Thanks so much Owen and it was lovely talking to you as always I I really enjoyed it and uh, thank you for talking about this you always pick up the right topics <laughs> All right bye 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 see you thank you